1: Imagine that you've just finished a piece of content and you're eager to get it out to the world, but it's going to take you at least 14 months to just polish it and make it fit for customer consumption. Would you think that that was a frustrating thing to happen? Well, today's film is Who Framed Roger Rabbit and... Post production on this film took 14 months. And the reason why? Because they
2: merged together live action with animation. Do you remember this one, Pascal? I do remember it very well indeed. I remember going to the UGC complex in Bordeaux with friends and family and having the time of my life completely. But can I just say as well that I'm almost so proud that for the Two Gig's of Marketing podcast, we've chosen this film because by now, if people don't appreciate how much we adore filmmaking and film production, they should get it, you know, with this choice today. Yeah, I I went to see it in Lancaster of all places. Um
1: but obviously at the time it was just a fabulous fun movie. And yes, we absolutely marvelled at the way that they had managed to merge together animated cartoons and real people now I think uh, I up until that point probably when I was younger I'd been to see the original Mary Poppins film and there was another film called Bedknobs and Broomsticks as well which merged animation with live action but the genius of this film and if you look at those other two that I mentioned is that you could tell that the scenes where the cartoons and the live people were merged together were very static and one dimension and, and, and two dimensional. Whereas in we in, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it was that the, the, the cartoons were being you know, they were zooming round them, they were zooming in them, they were circling up and down, they were bouncing shadows of light over them. You know, there's one amazing scene where there's a light bulb uh, swinging in the, uh, in the background and you can see the shadows going across the cartoon's face. And here's the thing, Pascal, and I didn't realise this at the time, but this was one of the last animated films that was made where every single frame of the cartoons were individually hand-drawn and painted. That's why it took them 14 months
2: And indeed, to to that extent, you know that was one. uh, This movie won three Oscars for obviously the best editing, the best sound effects, and the best um, kind of special effects. But there was also a special commendation for the animation team.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just almost beyond comprehension because now pretty much every animated film is done by computer, Uh, so. I guess you could say it's a lot easier. I mean, it's still incredibly uh, sophisticated. But imagine they had to draw every single frame of each character in that film. And every frame, every second of the film would have had 24 frames. So each of those 24 Frames had to be slightly different to make the the characters animate, and it was not only the uh, character animation. Again, they had to paint in the shadows, they had to paint in the lighting, they had to paint in other cartoon characters in the background, and it it just it just absolutely staggers me how much detail and painstaking detail was gone into with this i mean one of the joys of watching the film for me is actually pausing the video and and oh look you can see the seven dwarfs are in the back (laughs) of that as that scene you know only for a split second but they they had that vision that they wanted to try and include within the film somewhere pretty much every famous cartoon character there's ever been and and it's when you look at it from that point
2: of view it's unbelievably detailed Yeah, there's the same sense of wonder and enjoyment than when you first see Ready Player One. And, mm. and you kind of can't quite believe you know all this reference to your childhood and, and indeed you know when you watch but I think f- uh, what was lovely as well I mean this is um, if I'm not mistaken Roger a Disney production with a few it other is. studios but they also went and I think that's one of the reasons why perhaps nowadays it's harder they they had this ability to bring you know cartoon characters from other studios from Tex Avery to you know uh, a few others uh, Looney Tunes obviously and uh, Merry Melodies so they could work and collaboration with with other studios and other kind of uh, IP centers uh, which I think would be much harder nowadays. Yeah and, and again maybe that's why the movie was just so
1: fa- fabulous. I mean obviously Roger Rabbit himself <laughs> was a completely new creation and, and, and you, you know you can find articles on the internet to see that Roger Rabbit was almost an amalgamation of various things from other famous people like the baggy trousers and the bow tie. You can find people who, who they, <laughs> they they try to emulate there but yeah getting donald duck and daffy duck in the same film warner brothers and and disney as you've said it that it just made it so special you know bugs bunny and mickey mouse side by side but in character and, and the same voice actors and, and all of that it's
2: and, and i just magical. love you know the, the whole concept of that they live in toontown which is almost yes. like a ghetto they're being yes. exploited you know by, by the, the the producers you know and so on and so forth and and what, what was interesting for me i would argue that one the pleasure of watching this film is, is multi-leveled obviously this adult humor as well as kids humor and maybe was the first one to do it properly but most of those characters, most of those uh, cartoon characters, you and I would have seen them on the small screen up to that mm. point. And for mm. the first time ever, potentially, we saw them on the big screen in the context of a of uh, motion picture. But we must also spend a moment to really, really um, thank you know, and congratulate the actors who had to act with nothing and then, of course, you know, the cartoon characters were, were added later. But Bob Hopskins, you know, who's the lead character, Christopher Lloyd, and so on, they had to imagine being amongst all those characters. And then that was superimposed following, as you mentioned, 14 months of hard work. And one of the articles that I read, Pascal, said that uh, the director
1: was absolutely specific that what would almost make the movie fail was if they got the eyelines wrong mm. so you know it's very very rare there's a couple of times within the film where Bob Hoskins isn't quite eye to eye with Roger Rabbit or the characters interacting with but mainly mainly you could Absolutely believe that it was genuinely acting with a cartoon, but of course, as you say, in real life it was acting to nothing. Maybe there was a there was a stick man or a a model or something that he was he was playing to. But genuinely, they had to get those eye lines absolutely and utterly spot on. One of the other things which I read, which I thought was fabulous, was uh, and you said this is a Disney movie, but actually it was put out as a Touchstone movie Mm. because. I think some of the high-ups at Disney felt that it strayed just a little bit too far <laughs> yeah. into adult humour. And I'm sure, I might be wrong, but I'm sure that one of the lines is, is that a rabbit in your pocket or are you just pleased to see me? <laughs> um, and they obviously felt that it, it might have tarnished Disney's uh, white image and the wholesome image if they'd have associated themselves. It's a bit of a shame because it was so full
2: of Disney characters. But, but again, what you were saying, you know, you've got, you know, that, that humor. For me, uh, you're right, a uh, three-dimensional So the actors, are real life actors move around and everything moves around them as well. You know, there's a real interaction with the world of Toontown. But also what I loved about it was it is a complex story. And it's also using all the archetypes of the 1940s noir detective stories. So we've got Bob Hoskins, who plays the character of Eddie Valiant. Of course, he's a hero. Who eventually will be up against Judge Doom. So if you're not sure, he's the bad guy with a name like such as this one, and he has all this interaction. But that famous scene, which you see in all the kind of black and white detective stories, of the temptress, the seductress, you know, entering the detective kind of uh, crumbling office and giving him a contract where he's in peril. Some elements of Chinatown in this, some elements of you know many movies you've seen with Humphrey Bogart and so on. Uh, well, on that subject, of course, when the movie was out, we were, were saw for the very first time, Jessica Rabbit.
1: Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, she was drawn in such a way, wasn't she? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mean, I'm just drawn this way. But uh, yeah. So many young lads, well, I almost had a crush on a cartoon <laughs> character. It's, it's absolutely, but I mean, again, that, you know, that the animation, it, uh, I think the scene where she's singing in the bar, the animation of her dress, which was sparkling with mm. glitters, they had to animate every single little light spot from multiple directions. Again, it brings us back to that whole idea of the staggering amount of detail and and i guess that you know for content creators like ourselves you know we 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 say this about a lot of films pascal but this one has to be almost like at the pinnacle of detail and the pinnacle of painstaking attention to detail and 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 you know if you've got that vision and
2: the wherewithal to carry it out just shows you what you can achieve Uh, and i think for me the We didn't know in 1998 that this was uh, you know the best almost, and there would be no others to come after, um, because ultimately you do assume, no matter the you know the the, the genre that you you favour when it comes to film, that the next iteration, the next exploration of that theme would be better because of access to more technology, to better ways to produce and so on and so forth. But actually, whilst there was some close call with things like Space Jam, or you could argue there were some interesting things explored with the The Incredibles and so on. I think that uh, nothing has uh, been as good as uh, this one since then. No,
1: I think you're absolutely right, Pascal. And I'm trying to think back now to the marketing of the film. And, you know, 1988, um, I I was just out of university. I, I can't really think... I know that there was a lot of hype around the film, I know that they, again, the, the mix of live and cartoon, they really big that up, uh, there was a lot of programmes in advance on TV showing clips of it, so there was a massive expectation that it was going to be a good film. But uh, any lessons that you you think we can draw from this? Uh,
2: Difficult to extract myself from how uh, fun the film was, but yes, let's talk about marketing. So you had obviously the marketing pack, the media pack Mm. that was put into motion. What is interesting to observe for me is in and around the the release. So we saw this film uh, suddenly in the UK was released in the December of 1998, which actually is quite late, because it was released in the summer in the US, and actually we had it in October-ish uh, mm-hmm. in France. So I'm just perplexed about you know the UK release being so late, but that makes it for a perfect Christmas movie to go and see with the family. But what was interesting, in addition to the uh, the marketing machine, this movie was then mentioned for is the, te- the technology. So then you had programs on TV and magazines rev- talking about the film from a technology point of view, so reaching, I would argue, an additional a new audience. We had some a TV series looking uh, into science in, on French TV called uh, Time X, where they were talking about how incredible the achievement incredible achievement of that film. So you're watching a movie about science and technology, and the movie was being mentioned. So the behind the scene, I think, element of the the marketing was also very very important
1: yeah ab- absolutely right remember that it, i'm sure it was something like tomorrow's world pascal mm. or something like that yeah. talking about how they made this film and and then of course uh, the dvds came later the vhs tape came the dvds came and and you know one of the things that absolutely blew me away um, when the when the dvd came out was that you know at the beginning of the film the first 5 minutes of the film is actually a roger rabbit Cartoon, so it's baby Herman's trying to get the cookies on top of the fridge, and uh, Roger's trying to protect him, and just about every implement within the kitchen either falls on his head or spikes him, or you know all those cartoon pratfalls and and, and this, that, and the other. And of course, after those five minutes, you realise that it's actually them filming a cartoon. Uh, But on the DVD, there were at least another three Roger Rabbit entire cartoons that they had made now i think that those cartoons actually ran in cinemas almost like extended adverts for the film at the time it was released and of course they ended up being fabulous easter eggs on the um and, and extras on on the dvd but to think that they even went to the extent of creating three more five six minute cartoons in addition
2: to the film Ah, I, again, uh, incredible attention to detail. And it reminded me, first time I went to see this set of movies, I was perplexed by the beginning of thinking, I've got a minute. I saw the trailer. They're meant to be real people there as well because it's quite a lengthy cartoon you see at the very beginning before someone goes, cut! And then suddenly the camera turns to real-life environment. I was thinking, this is wrong. I was <laughs> kind of being, <laughs> being quite perplexed by, by the whole thing. But on, on that point, just reading by the, the some of the trivia that one can consult on, consult on the web about who framed Roger Rabbit, not only was it at the time, perhaps still is one of the most expensive, obviously, film production of all time, but one of the longest. But also to be able to thank everybody that was uh, involved in a movie, it had the longest, longest closing credits of all times as well.
1: Ah, that's a new! I didn't know that. That's a fabulous. Well, just to your point, um, Roger,
2: about um, you know to realize you have the same name as a film just came to me. The all those artists who had to create frame by frame images of all the different uh, characters. There was a lot of people you know, involved, yeah. as well as, obviously, the, the normal uh, crew that would expect from a, a, a film a, a production. Yeah, that I mean, you, you, when you think about that army of
1: people painstakingly drawing 24 frames a second, oh, I, I, it just absolutely... Utterly boggles the mind. One of the best films of all time. And I say this every single time we, we uh, review a film, Pascal, yeah. on Two Geeks in a Marketing podcast, but it is definitely one for us to watch. I don't actually think any that I've got... The DVD, I think I bought it on VHS originally, and the VHS is, is obviously long since gone, so it's probably one I'm going to have to either buy the Blu-ray now, and hopefully those uh, those three shorts will still be on there, or, or even download a digital copy, but I want to see it again soon in 4K, hopefully, pristine,
2: beautiful full that that would be very interesting and again to our viewers and listeners if you've not seen the film don't discount it because it was made literally for some of us you know a century ago or last century should i say um it really is a story well told. It's really quite witty. If you know just enough about the world of cartoons, you're going to get plenty for the eyes and, and the ears. But I love also the, the, the setting of the 1940s Los Angeles and everything that comes with it. It's just a great, great you know, uh, experience to, to share with others as well. Yeah, and it's a film for everybody, Pascal.
1: All ages can enjoy it. It's definitely a film to watch with the family. It's definitely a film to watch on your own. There's there's elements of romance in it. There's elements of danger. Yeah, good all-round film. But again, that attention to detail for us marketers is the, the thing that sticks out for me. Oh my goodness, Pascal, another mm. fabulous episode. And and I got so excited when I knew that we were going to be talking about who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Listen, everyone, thank you so much for watching the latest episode of Two Geeks in a Marketing Podcast or listening to it if that's the way you like to consume your podcasts. If you've got any questions or any comments about what we've been talking about today, just get in touch with us uh, on the YouTube site or or look us up on Twitter. And, and if you do want to subscribe we'd be absolutely delighted you can find the podcast in all the usual places so really all that's left to say is thanks for watching and thanks for listening and until next time go out there and make sure that your marketing is done right i was roger edwards and he was pascal fintoni